Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Hello, everyone. It's that time for the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. And now here's your host, John C. Morley. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. How are you doing tonight, Marcus? Great to have you here as my trusty co-host. I'm doing fine. Uh, it's, it's good to be with you as well. Uh, you know, and it, it, this is going to be a, definitely a, a great uh, episode. And, I'm, you know, you definitely have uh, all the right answers as always, John. We have the right answers. And, you know, we have something special coming up. But before we talk about that something special, someone's birthday today, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, our friends Walmart, which, you know, we're always watching Walmart, right? Well, um, for those of you guys watching, ladies watching the show, you probably noticed that yesterday, Thursday, uh, Walmart at 7 p.m. actually had stated that they were going to have the best deal on AirPods. Now, I guess people were going a little crazy with that. And, um, you know, it was starting at, it started at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, yesterday. And uh, in case you happen to miss it, uh, there are going to be some other stores. They're going to have, you know, the Black Friday specials and the overnight specials and the overnight uh, things from the Internet. And uh, they're also going to include the uh, popular from last year at a much lower price, the uh, OLED TVs. They're going to really drop in price, which we said was going to happen. And the new wireless noise-canceling headphones uh, are going to be the hottest items for people's Christmas, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa, and other holidays, uh, you know, this year. So, uh, but they were really uh, racking up from what I heard about people just lining up to get uh, the best deal on AirPods. Now, if, if you're wondering, you know, what the heck, uh, what, what what is an AirPod? Have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard of AirPods, and you know, um, people sure do like to use them. Uh, sometimes I think. <laughs> so what they are, they almost look like if people use them, it looks like they're from outer space. <laughs> you know, like you, you see these little things coming out of their ears, and you're like, okay, are, are they supposed to be connected to something? So an AirPod in English is a wireless Bluetooth earbud. Uh, that guess who else who made Apple? Uh, it originally uh, hit the market on December 13, 2016, and then the second generation released in 2019. So um, in addition to some other options like playing audio, the AirPods have this feature. They have a built-in microphone, which allows them to filter out background noise, allows you to guess what, take phone calls, and of course, talk to Apple's digital assistant, Siri. Isn't that pretty neat? That is very neat, John. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, I, I'm I'm actually looking forward to you know what what that's going to bring, and you know, and um, and you know, just the, just the coolness in that. Uh, I'm just worried that you know, with everything happening and us getting close to the holidays and stuff like that, forget people wearing the mask, even though I know that's very important. I'm worried about people's lives, like cause you you've heard about these stories in other states where people get killed and trampled over because they were trying to get the Nintendo or whatever the heck they were trying to get or the phone and the person got it, but they crushed their arm or they were rushed to the hospital. But I know that sounds morbid to talk about, but people just don't have a mind, right, Marcus? They just kind of 
just go for whatever they want, but they don't care who or what they harm, property, person, things. Oh, they go after it all. They become savages, you know, pure savages uh, in, you know, uh, in the, the the holiday season here. So, it, you know, we got to expect some 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 crazy things to, to come here. So speaking about special things, um, we have a birthday I'd like to celebrate. Today is Siri's uh, um, birthday. Uh, so, um, you know, amazing, you know, this Friday is a serious birthday and let's just sing her a quick little happy birthday. Happy okay. birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy birthday, birthday, dear Siri. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> okay. So we don't get an A plus for singing guys. We're here for technology. Well, yeah, we're here to amaze you and we're here to entertain you. And hopefully we've yeah. done that. <laughs> uh, so Siri, uh, Apple's voice activated virtual assistant was introduced to the market on the iPhone 4S. I'm sure you guys remember that on October 4th, 2011. And that means that behind that special technology, a real lady um, you know, actually casted that voice, and she is now, well, at least in series mine, nine years young. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how old the lady is that produced the voice, but Siri, the concept, and the virtual person is nine years young. Yeah, talk about, like, how time fast uh, uh, flies by. You know, uh, it, it seems like it was only yesterday uh, when we were just getting familiar with Siri, and, and now she does just about anything we need her to do. She does. She does a lot of stuff. And, and although I like Siri, I think she's really nice and she's great. Uh, she has a very interesting, dry uh, sense of humor. Try to ask yeah. Siri some questions and she'll either say, I don't know, or I found this on the Web about that. But ask Siri who the CEO of Apple is or something. And she'll be right there with the answer. <laughs> but if you ask her something very personal. Uh, John, I'd rather not comment on that at this time. Or I really don't have enough information to place an opinion. So <laughs> she's got some very interesting, because uh, some people, especially college, have tried to ask her some questions that, let's just say Siri, she gave the answer to, may get Siri in more than hot water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of did that. And Siri's um, database is very selective. But the one thing I have to say about Siri, any of these voice systems, you have to be careful, ladies and gentlemen, because when you are speaking to Siri, Siri's recording all this information and storing it to a server. And the good and the bad of this is that if the wrong people get their hands on that data, which we know many companies will sell that data to third party markets. And now your personal data and your voice print is out on the Internet. I don't know if I like that, Marcus. No, I, I, I don't think I do either, John. And, um, you know, that's that's been probably the biggest concerning thing. You know, we, we talked about this in many, many earlier episodes. Yes, we have. And you have definitely gave us a, the, the big caution and a big warning uh, uh, to, to look out for these type of things. So I, I, I'm just wondering, John, you know, um, do you do you think there's ever going to be like like that disclaimer that you know that says like hey uh before you use siri <laughs> respect for <laughs> you know it's very similar to like you know in your car where you have to agree to use the ways or to use your mobile app in the car uh finally uh i know they finally have gotten rid of it in, in, in my suv they used to make you agree to the terms and conditions every single time you turn on the car 
Now they don't make you click OK each time. They have it on there for a second and it just disappears. That was annoying that you had to click OK every single time you started the car to get past that screen. Yeah, and, and sometimes you just wanted to just listen to the radio. <laughs> so <laughs> Right. So so but yeah. if you didn't use if you did now if you didn't use the nav, you didn't have to agree to it. They finally fixed that. But still if you're using the radio, it, uh, now you know, like you turn on Siri has to be booted up. I'm Siri. Uh so you're talking about Siri here. Uh the, the car's automated assistant, it needs to pretty much uh boot up. And uh now they're doing things like even being able to play DVDs and stuff like that. And and now we had talked about you know, different versions that are automating the car, uh, which is very similar. We talked about the the product from Amazon that you could take in the car and uh, it can do all kinds of things like control your radio and stuff like that. And, and I'm not against the voice control. I guess where my problem comes in is the fact that the voice control is not limited to just your device. Because let's be honest, Marcus, it doesn't have enough in its database, so it has to go out to the World Wide Web's uh, database and actually, you know, look up information because it can't possibly store all that on your phone. But when you're in your car and you say, turn to channel this, or turn to all that, there may be a few hundred commands in there, but it never goes out to the Internet to render that data. Yeah, that's very true. You, you know, uh, and I, I think what you know what uh this 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 feature that that's in the car i, I think this should be you know uh, something that's kind of like added into like the the, the uh the siri uh, feature uh so that like you know okay so you're not you're not like um worrying about it like being directly you know hidden hidden their database or where they can just data mine and, and, it, it, and it's the amazon echo auto and you can now get it, it was 50 bucks you can now get it for under 20 bucks but I still feel that there should be an option in there that if right. I want to use that feature, like, for example, let's say I want to use uh, Alexa in my home or whatever I want to use or I want to use Siri in my home as an automation system. But I don't yet want it to connect to anything outside. I just want it to use the voice database internally. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it doesn't seem like they give us that choice. No, it's it's you know it's like we're we're set on default here, and um, uh, we can expect for for us to just you know be part of part of the big experiment that we're all under. <laughs> you're you're a hundred percent right there. So happy uh, nine year birthday, Siri! Many many more. I hope you will be uh, giving us such lots more technology, and I hope that your uh, parents, <laughs> uh, creators' parents, um, will be mindful of the trouble you may or may not get us into as we move into 2021. And hopefully you've safeguarded Siri as well as you maybe have safeguarded us. So that's my two cents on that. Um, incidentally, speaking about technology and lots of things happening, you know, we talk about COVID all the time, right? right. And we talk about how, uh, incidentally, we have a guest coming on about COVID. I won't spill the beans just yet, but, you know, there's lots of kids out there and they're producing these ear savers. You ever see them? You put them around your and you hook them on the mask and they're supposed to take strain off of your mask especially if you use the n95 ones because they really can hurt your ears after they're on for four or five hours and try to breathe out of them they're not fun so uh this leads us to a very interesting uh thing and it leads me to my next guest it's something called 3d printing and when you create those things whether it's a screw or whether it's a um 
uh, an ear saver that's shaped like an S or something similar. You can download a lot of these free things and print what they call 3D printing, but we're going to learn in just a moment if that really is 3D printing. So my next guest, his name is Tom Padar, um, and um, he is an additive manufacturing research scientist who's actually uh, studying in his fifth year to get his engineering degree. Now, the reason he's doing this is he saw a need in the market. And the need in the market is we need to be able to have um, items that can be produced, but things that are much more complicated than just a screw or a pin or something that's really like 2D. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Pratam uh, Patar to our, to our stage. Hello, John. Glad to be here. Glad, glad to have you here. Thank you for coming. So um, I, I have to ask you, I mean, this is a fascinating field. And I know if you know, I'm actually, I'm a first responder. And, um, you know, I got to tell you, I'm really thankful for those people that have made those ear savers, I guess is the, I guess the correct word for it. Because um, when you put those N95 masks on, the other masks hurt too, but the N95s really pull and then they want you to tighten them. I started going around and people were charging a lot of money for these free files you could just download offline. What I learned is there are companies like bakeries, right, that can't make enough money, I guess, on baked goods. <laughs> so they're selling uh, 3D, but really it's not 3D, is it, outside of their back door? They call it 3D printing. Um, but what is 3D printing and what is it not? <laughs> and that's a great question. I think 3D printing is similar to the printing we are used to. People okay. are mostly using printing to print documents or print images, things like that. It's the same concept. Now, if you are printing something at the same spot over and over again, you will get a decrease or increase in height in that area, right? So if you continue doing that, you get a 3D object. That's the concept. And over the years, there have been a lot of technologies coming out lot of different materials and lot of different processes on how you can make 3d objects so i could make a ring theoretically i could make a screw i could make a part to a a machine that i might make years for china to ship or months so i could make those parts or gears that maybe i couldn't make before maybe just by taking a picture of it right yeah you can make it and i feel the best part about it is before you had to wait for a product to come from china Yes. Now you can ship a product not over air or sea, but over the internet. That's, that's, that's and it's, it's going to have, I guess, ramifications in the medical industry. But I guess there's going to be issues about, you know, obviously things for safety and being clean. So there's going to be have to have certain parameters. I'm sure if you make 3D printing for a hospital, it's going to be different. But when I heard this bakery place in Illinois uh, that said, gee, you know, you can pay for them or not pay for them. Uh, feel free to pay us. I think it was something like five dollars for. I think they might have shipped me like fifty or a hundred of them, which didn't seem like a lot, but I know there's probably a very big profit in that. <laughs> uh, so I guess my next question to you, Pratam, is: You've been doing this for a while. What made you uh, want to design this project? I mean, why this project? I studied actually mechanical engineering and manufacturing one of, was one of my favorite subjects. But if you actually go to a machine shop where there are lathe machines, drilling machines. Like a, like a, C, like a CNC? Yeah. Okay. So you would see that using those is not easy. It takes a lot of skill. Uh, you need a lot of training to use those. And I was not fascinated by that. 
So then I was doing my master's in industrial engineering. I came, came across 3D printing. It's fascinating. You could just design a file on your computer, click print, and it comes out of a printer. It takes away all those hours of training that you have to go that, through. That enigma, that like that magic mouse or that magic wand, you just click. And these files are free, aren't they? A lot of them are free. They are free. And you can, if you know CAD skills, CAD skills are very easy to learn. You can design your own parts and print your own design parts. But I think we're going to go even more to you're going to be able to take a picture of something and that software is going to do a 3D rendering of it and then build a, a 3D file. I think that's where we're going, right? Where we could actually have a picture taken and it will build the CAD drawing, very similar to like an architecture. We could take a picture of a house and then flip it. Absolutely. Uh, right? There are 3D scanners now that can scan you and print a 3D model of you. Okay. All right. So, so they call it a three D scanner. And what I'm just curious, what does a three D scanner cost right now? What, what's something like that cost? Could be anywhere between three hundred dollars to two thousand dollars, depending on. Oh, so they're the not quality. they're not terribly expensive. And how 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 big? I guess how big of an area? It's very similar to a copy machine. How big of an area would you say that would scan? Like a eight and a half by eleven? Is it as big as myself, or is it just something small? It's there is actually no limit. It's like a handheld device, like a phone, and you can scan as much big area as you want. You know what it reminds me? Do you remember Mustech? This was a while ago. Mustech was when you took uh, scanning. You know, we used to not have scanning in full bed scanning many years ago. So you'd scan the left and you'd scan the right, and you have to get them close, and then it would stitch them and try to get them close. And so you had not only the issue of the scanning, but you had the issue of how they aligned together. And if your hand wasn't right, well, you had a mess and it said rescan the right side or the left side. So that's how I almost picture this, right? Similar to that? Yes. So I guess, you know, with doing this, one question I know someone just asked me, so what is CNC? Sorry about that. So CNC is a computer numerical control device. And what does that mean? Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's a device that's able to produce something by putting in numerical values to it. For example, NASA uses this uh, when they use machine shops. They don't use dyes anymore. Uh, and now when we're talking about 3D printing, what kind of materials can we print with 3D printing? Is it just plastic? Is it what, what, are, what are our limitations? Uh, um, well, Right now, there are plastics, there are metals, there are different kinds of resins. You can go from soft materials to flexible materials okay. to incredibly hard materials. We don't hear about the metal that often, do we? We hear about the plastics, but we don't see the metal 3D printers that often. I guess they're not as popular or they're much more expensive. They are much more expensive. Because you can I get think... a 3D printer now for under $1,000, right? Uh, you can get one for $200. May not last more than a week, though. 
they would they are actually pretty good qualities and those are the plastic printers the small ones you can buy one from amazon for 200 300 so what's the ones that are so expensive why do they why are there ones that are 12 i mean the prices have really dropped because i know when they first came out they were five thousand dollars weren't they they were yes so now you're able and how big something that's 200 dollars? what can you make on a 200 like a 3d printer like what you were saying, the ear savers, you can make that on a $200 3D printer. You can? Yeah. And it's just about, and the files are free. And I guess a lot of people are doing this for community service, which I think is great. God bless them uh, because there's responders and other people. Um, I, I think it's so great that people can use a resource and it is so inexpensive. But then I also like it because people that may break a screw off of, I don't know, a piece of furniture they bought to assemble and they're not going to go back to Ikea because... Well, what are they going to go back and they're going to charge them $30 for the whole package of screws when they just need one, right? I, I think, I guess it's going to open people's eyes, but I don't think our, all the people in the world are ready for it yet. Am I, am I correct on that? Like there's still that learning curve or they're, they're still not embracing it yet or am I off base on that? Well, there are a few limitations with 3D printing. Uh, okay. Unlike traditional manufacturing where you take a piece of metal and you uh, cut it in a machine shop, you get the same properties every time. With 3D printing, especially if you're looking at metals, you take metal powders and use lasers and other techniques to fuse that into a solid part. So Wait. there is chance of getting different properties every time. So my question is, we always like to give value for our for our, our, uh, our listeners, and you are definitely the expert when it comes to 3D printing uh, and the manufacturing process and the engineering of that. What would you recommend to our viewers if they were going out right now and they're on Amazon after this or wherever they're going, uh, what should they look for in a printer so they can make sure they're not getting junk? I would say the most popular printer nowadays is called a Prusa printer. It's one from one of a Scandinavian country. Just a guy in his garage made this printer. It's incredibly reliable and mm -hmm. it works all the time. What, what's, what's the name of that printer? Prusa, P-R-U-S-A. P-R-U-S-A, and, and that's the one that's a couple hundred dollars. Yes. But the excrucian, they're, they're not cheap, are they? I was looking online for those pieces. They're not cheap, those different things you have to buy for, are they? The plastics they, you have to buy? Yeah, you have to buy the material just like in any printer. You have to buy the ink. You have to buy the plastics for 3D printers. So when you print something like an ear saver, what is something like that cost to make like a little tiny thing? I mean, I don't know what the cost of those rolls cost, but are we talking it's dollars? Are we talking cents? You're talking cents. We are. Yeah. So there's a lot of profit. So who I have to ask you, I mean, obviously you're designing this for a lot of different industries, but who is going to benefit most from this technology, which isn't really even really fully developed yet? It's still at a baby stage. Well, it's uh, at a baby stage at some places and it's going at an industrial scale at some places. There's a company out of California called Relativity Space. They're actually Relativity Space, okay. Yeah, they're actually 3D printing rocket engines that are actually going to fly to space in the next two to three years. So if you look at that, uh, they are ready for going to space. Wow. So, so, so it's something that's going to be almost like we go to a hardware store or your, your uh, Home Depot to pick up something. I'm almost getting it like the key, you know, like you could go to some places and they can, you put a credit card and it makes a key. 
I'm almost seeing like you could go to the store and if you didn't want to get one, you could literally just get the screw you want and stores wouldn't stock it. They would make it on JIT. They'd print your parts on JIT rather than stocking the parts in the aisle like they do with keys. They basically make the key when you go there, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I have been looking into 3D printing business for a long time, talking to people in the industry. They tell me that warehousing is one of the biggest costs that they have because they have yeah. to store all these spare parts. And they are looking at 3D printing where they just stole, store all the files digitally and whenever they need something, they print it out. And you don't really need much. A lot of these printers, from what I understand, they don't have to hook up to your computer. They can be used standalone, right? You don't have to hook up to your computer. You could just take the, the CAD file and just dump it into It's very similar to like a Cricut concept where you dump the file in and then it prints or like a brother uh, you know, stitching machine. It's a printer, it just uses thread but it's the same concept. It's just using a different material and a different type of printer, but it's a similar similar engine. Absolutely, you can just have your file on a USB drive, plug it into your machine and it will start printing. What I was noticing though, a lot of libraries have these put on, and um, the thing I was noticing is that they're not very fast. Is that just because the model they're buying are not good? I mean, a $200 machine, how long is it going to take you to make a little ear thing? A while, right? Or how long does that take? It's going to take you at least 20, 30 minutes to print one ear saver. Wow. That one, one just one of them. So do you yeah. get a bigger, do you have to get a bigger printer? Or how do you avoid, because that seems like a problem. If I was going to make so many, like this place that gave me 100, that probably took them a while to make those, right? Yeah, I, I am imagining a hundred of them. Well, the big thing about 3D printing is that you can nest a lot of parts in the same build plate and make a lot of parts simultaneously. So making hundred of them would take around three to four hours. But, uh, you could probably make it like in a thing almost, and then you have to put cut them out almost like, like in a plate, I'm guessing. So you wouldn't make one, you'd almost make like a die tray and you'd make like a whole bunch and then just kind of pop them out. Is that kind of what I'm thinking or no? Yeah, you have to pop them out, but you don't have to cut them into shape. They are uh, printed so in the final So if shape. we want a printer that's going to do these fast, what's the fastest something like that could be printed if we want to get a better printer? I mean, what? because this obviously affects the cost, right? It does affect the cost because if you want a faster printer, you need better quality. Extr extruder, extruders or stuff like that? Yeah. So what are we talking if we want something? What's the fastest type of a printer now, technology-wise? To print an ear saver quickly well the fastest printer that i know uh, there's actually a tech talk uh, by dr joseph d simon and he has a company called carbon that is the fastest printer i know you can go and watch the tech talk uh, but that would cost you fifty thousand dollars to lease those printers per year they don't sell those printers they lease it for fifty thousand dollars a year and I know why, I can understand. So a $200 printer, is there another stage from $200? Like what's the next step up from the $200 printer? So $200 printers are for hobby printers. Uh, those can print only plastics. But if you're looking for more stronger materials where you can say print parts for your skateboard, then mm -hmm. you're looking at $3,000, $5,000 that can print composite materials, carbon fibers that are very strong. But just being able to print, like if I just wanted to print, like saying donate more of these ear savers, what kind of printer would you recommend for that so I could print a lot of those quickly? 
a $200, $300 printer is just uh, fine for so that. So I just have to deal with the fact that it's going to take 30 minutes. It's going to take 30 minutes to make, what, about eight maybe? Yeah, it is slow. It's like watching grass grow, but it gets the work done. So in, in 24 hours, it'll probably, how many think it'll make if you leave it run? Is it safe to let it run 24 hours or they get pretty hot? Yeah, you can let it run, but uh, you, once the build plate is full, you have to remove the parts and clear it for the next set of parts. So how often do you have to do that? It depends on the size of part you are making. Depends on a lot of a little, factors. A little tiny little widget like that, like a little S. Um, so once the build plate is full, I think it's every three to four hours. Okay, so it's probably going to make, so every 30, what do you say, you said how long is it going to make for one S basically, about 30 minutes for one S? Between roughly? 20 to 30 minutes, yep. So a pair would take an hour. So it, so it does take a while, but it's good for a hobbyist to learn, and it's good for kids. It's also good for the STEM program for them to learn. But I guess where I really see developments in this from is when we get into medical devices, heart valves, uh, I guess things of that nature, right? Now, when we're talking about making these things, we talked about the health things, obviously, and I see hospitals having uh, medical grade 3D printers with a whole bunch of cleaning. I see this already coming, mm -hmm. but what does it make sense? We talk about volume because that's really something I have a question about is if somebody wanted to go into this business to make money, what, what does it take on the volume? Because it seems like it's going to take a long time or somebody's going to have to buy at least a half a dozen of these printers to be able to do anything, right? To really run operation, you need to have a good six, eight, or 12 of these printers running at one time, right? Absolutely. And for 3D printing, I think more than the volume, the complexity makes more sense. In medical devices, especially, you are looking at making parts for joints, replacing knee joints. So those, you won't make hundreds of them, but you would probably make uh, one or two of them but they need to be extremely complex and customized for every patient. So that is where it makes sense, the complexity and the customization. So now, how are they doing it now? They're doing, they're doing that manufacturing through like a die cast or CNC, is that how they're doing those parts now? For like, a, I'm not sure if you know how they make like a knee or something. Are they doing it like a CNC machine or doing it like a, a certain extruder? Is that how they're doing it now? Yeah, uh, die cast. Mostly. And that and that's very expensive, as you know, because you got to make the die. So I see a couple benefits. One, if they were charging twenty thousand dollars for a knee, let's just say, uh, or a hip, they're going to be able to take that cost and either a lower it if they want, <laughs> or charge the people the same amount of money and pocket the rest, depending on what they want to do. But but I see this is going to be a huge benefit for maybe where there wouldn't be a possibility. And I just see it like you have a machine, like let's say a printer that's a hundred years old. And I can't get that plastic wheel. They don't make it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I need it. But I know what it has to be, but I don't have something that looks like that. Or I broke something off my phone. And I don't want to buy a whole new case for 30 bucks, mm -hmm. right? How much comes on a reel generally, Pranam? How, how much do you get on one of those reels, would you say, for the for like that $200 printer? What do you get on a, on a reel? How much? So a three kilogram. A uh, reel would cost you anywhere between fifty to two hundred dollars, and that's enough to make about how many? Would you say a thousand or more? Yeah, it has three kilos of material on it, so a lot of uh, ear savers. 
So three kilos, uh, we convert that to U.S. So three kilos into what are we? Where that would be in? Uh, that's going to convert into uh, two point six point six one pounds if I've done the math on that correct. So that seems like that's a pretty uh, a pretty hefty thing. Uh, are there any are there any tips you would give our, our viewers? This has been really educational. Um, uh, any tips you would give our uh, enthusiasts that want to know more about or where they should get going? Just buy themselves a printer or what would you advise the person that wants to get involved in this hobby? Like you said, John, there are libraries that have 3D printers now. And mm -hmm. there is a new movement called Makerspace Movement, where there are uh, spaces where you can go and use this machine. If you're just starting out, go to these places. There are people who are there to train you and educate you on how to use these things. And the life of these machines, prompted, does it last a while? Somebody buys a $200 printer. Is that going to last them a while, or is that going to probably just be good for like a few months or a year if they use that? Is there a long life on it or not really? They last pretty long. Uh, there is obvious wear and tear because they are working all the time. Okay. But the replacement parts are not expensive. And do you know, and if you know this or not, the power requirements on these things, are they just standard like 120, or do they use like quite a few amps to, to make these things work? Or are they very low power? Low power, 120. 120. So something like this machine, you could run, you don't really need much to run this thing. It's standard power, and I'm guessing it probably doesn't take more than an amp or so. Because it, it does have like, heat, doesn't it? It does have heat, and it's just like a standard printer, a document printer. Oh, so they, they don't they don't draw much at all. So just like a regular uh, inkjet or bubble jet technology, it wouldn't even be as high as a laser because a laser is a lot higher. Yes. They get up to how high would you say that head gets that that extruder gets? How hot does it get? So uh, it goes anywhere between uh, 150 centigrade to 300 centigrade. Okay, so if, if we did 300, uh, you said 300 centigrades. Yep. Uh, centigrades to US is going to basically come out to be. Uh, let me see if I do the math on that. It's going to come out to. Uh, to, to, to Fahrenheit, it's going to be, if I did carry the one, it's going to come out to just about, uh, 572 degrees. That's, that's, uh, that's not, uh, that's not too low. Your laser printers are actually, so 302 is where it's going to go. Your laser printers again. So it is pretty high then. It's not that low. It is, it is definitely, a. It, it's probably very close then to, uh, to a laser printer. It, before I let you go, this has been very educational. Where, where do you want to go with this next round? What, what, what are your plans that you'd like to share with us? What, what, do you, what would you like to see uh, in the 3D printing? Is there anything you would like to share with us on that? Sure. So I've been working on my startup. My PhD was on making complex structures like this. I'll show you an example. These are called uh, lattice structures. And there's no way you can make it using a traditional manufacturing technique because there's so many different parts inside. And what would so, you use something like that for, Pranam? What would you use that for? So these are incredibly light, but extremely strong. You would use them for places like aircrafts where even one pound of weight makes a lot of difference. So in the construction, uh, it could be for buildings too as well. It could be used for structural, like instead of using, uh, I guess you hear like piers or beams or spread footings or also pilings, I guess that would be, the displacement on that would probably be a lot better. Absolutely. But it's just not everybody's making these yet. That's the problem, right? It's just not, they're not accessible. Yeah. 
Uh, there are a lot of startups coming up like my startup there is a lot of startups coming up so in the next 5 to 10 years you will see a lot more of that for sure well from this is this has been very educational definitely reach back out to us again when you get uh more involved in your startup we would definitely love to chart your success and and learn a little more about some of the products that you're actually making uh and to share with our viewers i'm sure everyone has definitely learned a lot i know i've learned a lot and uh this has been really educational thank you so much for coming on our show tonight thank you for having me john my pleasure bro marcus that was interesting wasn't it yeah it was quite quite a bit of the conversation there and you know um you know I, it's quite enlightening too you know you know got to you know uh be introduced to some uh some things uh that like uh, i just was aware of like that it was going on in in the 3d uh industry so Uh, it's pretty exciting you know uh, and pretty much you know you, you kind of predicting the future there too John you know by saying that like might be do you suffer from chronic hip knee or shoulder pain avoid drug dependency and surgery with downtown's healthcare in Denver downtown's healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process call downtown's healthcare at 303-292-9992 now in Lowry or downtown Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Be able to walk in the store one day and they might be making our parts with this thing. Yeah, I think the only thing we got to be careful of, uh, Marcus, is that uh, we don't get like an Amazon of this because if we do get that, then we're going to be paying $100 for a screw. Now, not really, but you know what I'm saying. If a screw was right. $0.30, cents, we don't want to pay $4. So I think we got to be careful um, that, you know, obviously there's things like a problem makes, which is great for those aircrafts and other things. But if we need like a screw, we need to make sure that I think we as as either homeowners or uh, consumers that we can make these things. I almost see right. this as being a staple, like you need a vacuum cleaner home. I see everybody needing a 200, a 300, uh, 200, 300, uh, you know, printer so that you could make those simple things that you might need at home. Those plastic pieces, because everything right. you buy from China, they always break, right? Yeah, it's, it's bound to. So uh, this at least will save us the trouble and we can replace them right away when we have to sit there and wait for ex them. Ex exactly. But a lot's going to come out of the future. And like I said, so who thought our show was just about when we say technology, ladies and gentlemen, we don't just mean the computer. We don't just mean the wires that connect it. We don't mean the technology that gets things on the screen. We mean what has to be built, what has to be created. And if it's a gear, if it's a gadget, if it's electric, if it's solar, I don't care if it's pushed with inertia and it's a type of technology, well, you're going to find it here on our show. All right. So I'm glad you you enjoyed that. I, th I think Prem was a great guest and uh, look forward to following up with him later on and, and learning what he's going to build in that startup. I think that's just such a fascinating uh, field and uh, yeah. very grateful to uh, you know have, have gotten him on the show today. Yeah, quite splendid. Splendid. You know, thank, thank you for that. You know, quite the treat. My 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 pleasure. So you know, um, you know, basically when we're thinking about all this stuff, uh, one thing that came to mind is you know the Peacock, which I'm sure you know. Uh, yeah. They hit 22 million users, but they're saying something, Marcus. They're not really clear about how many are really paying. What do you think about that? 
I, I think they uh, kind of put themselves in a pickle. You know, they, they have this uh, alternative uh, option uh, where you can get a uh, free ad support, their free ad supported plan. And, um, you know, hey, uh, people nowadays, this is during this pandemic is looking for a deal, you know, anywhere they can peel on one. And so, you know, yes. I think what yes. pretty happened is, and people probably signed up and just say, hey, I might as well just stick with the uh, free version. I, I'll get hit with ads anyways if I'm watching YouTube. Well, yeah, that's like those people that download those those free pieces of software. They say, oh, it's free. Or I love the ones you go to this website. And it's a safe website. It's not like it's a freebie. But, like, they let you do, like, 10 or 20 things or they give you, like, a 200 trial. And then they never give you the price tag. I hate this. And <laughs> then you put all the stuff in. It's yeah. like, oh, did you want to continue? Sure, it's only $99. Well, wait a minute, or it's four ninety nine. Wait, why didn't you tell me that? Oh, we tell you the we tell you price. This is exactly what they say. We tell you price after you try. What if I don't like it? Well, then you delete it. Well, what if I spend a month doing it? Well, then too bad. I mean, <laughs> and that's actually the response. And I call one of them like, oh, sorry, we, we tell you price after you try. I'm like, <laughs> huh? You know the price after you try. Well, I already tried. I want the price. Okay, you see on screen. Well, I didn't see it on screen. Well, how come? I don't know. Oh, you should see price. It's $99. So I kind of tricked him, but you, you get the idea that yeah. they don't want to tell you these things, right? They just don't want to tell don't. them to you. No. No. I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think we just, again, we have to be cognizant. Marketing is clever. And I don't know if you guys know this, uh, but Comcast uh, actually owns NBC Universal and is also an investor now in Vox Media, The Verge's parent company. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's another little interesting conundrum. Yeah, uh, Comcast just came in and just uh, decided to buy up everything, and and you know you know when Comcast is involved, there's usually something screwy around the corner. Um, I, I I'm I'm still kind of like trying to scratch my head a, a, around uh, their uh, their partnership with the uh, with Charter Cable. Well, they're not the only ones that are screwy. Uh, I won't go into it too much because I could talk hours about it. Uh, our friends at uh, Cablevision, Altis, or Altis, ATSS, they're even more screwy. I can't believe, Marcus, that a United States, our United States government allowed a foreign company to buy a major U.S. network and be part of a telecom network. Yeah. And um, the best oh, thing yeah. is they're not even technology people. They're bankers in another country. Now, they're saying that the conglomerate took this big hit on film and theme park business. Okay, so what? Which they claim they're down 25% and 80.9% respectively. I say, so what? So <laughs> they say this is all due to guess what? You know what the word is, Marcus? The COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, do they just stamp yeah. that stamp on anything? Anytime they can't do something, do they just say COVID-19 and then it just like, oh, okay, it's because of COVID-19. Okay, we'll back off. I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh, man. It, it, you, you know, every time we hear it, hear it is, we, we always got to wonder who else's hands is getting, getting greased here. And, um, and in the in the, the the fact of the matter is, you're never serving the the consumer any justice. You're never serving the American public any justice when you do this. Uh, so you you just really just find ways to 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 push these things through, uh, just kind of just behind people uh, backs blindly. 
I think they try to, how can I say, manipulate the public yeah. through creative ads. And really, they confuse people on purpose. I used to think it was an accident, but now I'm 100% sure it's not an accident. It's deliberate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can say that again. You can say that. It is deliberate. Comcast yeah. looks like they're reinventing the YouTube business here. And YouTube is requiring a huge user base and cheap, 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 cheap. I'll say that again and again. Cheap, 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 cheap content in order just to work. And you don't get premium content from YouTube. You won't from the Peacock. So I think the future of that Peacock, I guess we're going to get into little cat, dog, and I don't know, other little mini animal videos than the game of Thrones or other other thriller. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if they if they are, you know, obviously ha offering this free, you know, ask for the option, you know, they obviously you know do uh, are being pretty sneaky here and pretty sly about what they're doing, and they're trying to be an alternative here, and they they, they got the they got the numbers now to to be an alternative to YouTube. Uh, do you know why they're doing this, Marcus? I'll tell you why they're doing this. They're doing this. I just thought of it. They're doing it because remember the big heat a couple weeks ago we talked about with Netflix and they used to give yeah. trials. Yeah. They're trying to have them for breakfast. They're saying, hey, mm. let's go ahead and capture this market. They were stupid and stopped the whole trial business. We're going to capitalize on that. That's what I think, Marcus. Yeah. Well, it was, it's pretty smart from a business standpoint, but at the same it's time. It's low. It's very it's low. Very low. <laughs> it's, it's, they're really, really lowballing people here. And, you know, and, it, and like you said, they're not going to give you any quality. Uh, it's going to be cheap and quality, you know, at the best. At best. Quant quantity. Quantity. Cheap yeah. and quantity. No quality, <laughs> just quantity. <laughs> yeah, quantity. And no service and lots of interruptions. I was driving the other day and I don't listen to YouTube videos that much in the car, but I was listening to something, a horoscope video. And during the entire video, which was maybe 10 or 15 minutes, there were seven commercials about politics. Like YouTube's gotten really aggressive with these commercials all of a sudden. They never used to have that many, maybe one, oh, no, two. No, no, they, 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 they have completely pulled out. I am so sick of it. And I, I know they provide a lot of free content, but uh, there are things you can do on your own computer so you can block them, but you can't do that in the car because you can't do it for the app. But uh, you can on your computer install blockers that will actually block that content, but it's just it's terrible. But, you know, speaking about content and games, Xbox Game now lets you track what's eating up your RAM and CPU and the GPU, the graphic processing unit, so central processing unit and the GPU. And, uh, you know, the thing I was talking about before is that gamers, the age of gamers is actually changing, Marcus. It's going up. 36 to 38 is the average gamer now. Yes. Yeah, you mentioned it's, this just last, just last week. It's becoming such a problem, not a pandemic, but it's becoming such a problem, maybe close to it, that it's starting to affect their jobs and their family, if they have families yet. Or maybe they're part of a family, but not part of their own family. So I feel that they're starting to make technology and these games like the center of their life. I don't know about you, Marcus, but I see that as a problem. What do you think? Yeah, I think it is too, because once, once we, we get back to, to real usual business here after this pandemic, whenever that will be, 
I, I think there's going to be a lot of people who's still stuck in their man cave uh, behind the screen, and they're going to be, be like, okay, uh, what do I do now? So, um, you know, Xbox, as we said, can let you track what's eating up your RAM, uh, your random access memory, your central processing unit, which is basically the brains of your computer, and your GPU, your graphic processing unit. That's what allows you to get all those pretty pictures and has them render and move so smoothly. That's the, uh, the engine behind that. And uh, you're able to actually see uh, what's eating up your space. And just by some studies that were done, Flight Simulator, okay, uh, uses 79% of the average CPU. Mm. It uses 98% of the average GPU and 26, 58 megabytes of your RAM. Okay? Okay. Um, now, when you're looking at other stuff on there, that's the highest one that's running right now. You look at Xbox, 3%. On the CPU. On the GPU, 0 on the RAM, 293. Not terrible. But these games that are using this 3D and what I call, we talked about before, virtual uh, technology and enhanced. So you have VD, which is virtual reality, and then you have enhanced uh, reality. So virtual reality is when you put items, objects, onto a screen and you synthesize something. Uh, right. When you have the enhanced reality, that is when you take people and you put them into a synthesized environment. Okay. And this all takes a lot of resources to be able to manipulate the pixels and move things around. You know, Fortnite uses a lot, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> so I, 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 think, I, I think the issue is that people need to be understanding that if you're going to buy a computer, ladies and gentlemen, for games, you better have a processor. I don't mean an, a, a good processor, and you better have a graphics card that's not $99. Uh, because if you do, you're going to be stealing off of your processor. I mean, you don't want your main processor to be doing 90% of the work. You want your GPU to be doing that rendering. Your, your processor's got enough to run its computer. So if you're going to be a gamer, um, don't be cheap on the GPU and on the RAM. That's, that's my... Um, that's my tip there, but let's talk about politics, but not directly. So conservatives, <laughs> they're <laughs> pushing to discredit Facebook, Twitter, and Google just days before the election. I, 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 I'm a little bit tongue-tied on this one, Marcus. I don't know why they're, why they're letting this get in, why they're letting uh, this suddenly become part of their, their attack. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. <laughs> um... I think they 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 kind of waited a little bit too long, you know, here because I now agree. it's gonna now it's gonna seem kind of shady. Um, you know, I, I think if they would have kind of nipped this in the bud, you know, maybe maybe a couple years ago, you know, maybe in the midst of like you know uh, the, the the term of the current current uh, administration, uh, this probably would have probably would have made more sense, you know. But now it would have and it would it wouldn't have looked like they'd have egg gonna have egg on their face now. The Commerce Committee that we talked about, they're not the only guys uh, that want to put these tech execs in the hot seat. Uh, Judiciary Committee Republicans voted to authorize the subpoena for Facebook, as we talked about last week, yes. and the Twitter for CEO Jack Dorsey. We talked about that. So uh, this is part of um, almost like a plan that I feel was really carefully thought out, but I think it should have been executed earlier. 
I think the reason they didn't pull the trigger, Marcus, is they were afraid of having more than egg on their face because they didn't have the due diligence done. Like, oh, shoot, you know, we better do this now because if we don't, we're not going to be able to use this. It's going to be no good. So I think that's why they're doing it now because the time is running out. Even though it's going to make them seem stupid and discredited, it still may affect the courts. So I yeah. think this is why they're doing it. Because if they wait another month, the courts will say, okay, no, 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 I'm, we're discrediting this. So I think they're just trying to get in at the, at the, at the back end. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really coming to a problem. I mean, look what they're saying with Mr. Trump, right? Yes. They made a special statement that everyone thought Trump had millions of dollars. And I don't care if he does or he doesn't. But, you know, the banks don't want to give him any more money. Now, this guy that supposedly is worth all this money, nobody wants to put Trump on their building. And I'm not speaking politically. I'm just speaking about facts here. Nobody wants to put his name on the building anymore. They want to take it off. And the biggest lenders around that were his friends don't even want to lend him a dime. So if they don't lend him this money, he's gone broke before in the past. We know this. But mm -hmm. they bailed him out in 24 hours. He goes broke this time. He's done, Marcus. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting thing, and um, boy, I, you know, I hate to hate to you know see see him out on the street, <laughs> you know, and um, you know, and and trying to live off the the the, pres the presidential, uh, which I think he gave up. Did, did he die? You know, I think at the beginning he was saying he didn't want the. Uh, the, the pension plan that the president, the president. Uh, well, I think he was doing that again, not speaking politically. I think he was doing that because there's some people that want to get him yes. after he gets out. And he's trying to lighten the resistance against him. And maybe he hopes on a prayer that if he lightens enough resistance, the people are just going to leave him alone. But I don't think that's going to be the case. The only way they're going to leave him alone is if this next power trip really dominates over and makes a big right. mistake. Because, uh, you know, again, not getting into politics, I just feel that a lot's going to change after this election. And if he does get in again, we're going to have to really think about what's going on because we already saw how long they knew about the pandemic, right? And forget politics. They knew about this in November. We yeah. didn't learn about it till January, and they kept it from us. The entire government kept it from us. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't just one person. It was the entire government that, that knew about it. They, right. they, set, so, they set it on these committees. They said uh, they, they, there was even a, a huge um, uh, uh, event conference, a huge conference that most of them uh, went to and attended. So. so I have a question for you, Marcus. If yeah. you knew something was going to get you in trouble or there was a warning that you need to avoid, how fast would you like to know about that? If something could potentially hurt or harm you, how quick would you want to know about that? Seconds, right? Yeah, seconds. You know, we, we need pepper. Yeah, seconds, maybe milliseconds, uh, triseconds. But now there's something a little faster than even that. How about if I promise to tell you if something's going to be wrong within a zept a second? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty quick. <laughs> that's like that's, that's a like, trillionth like, of a billion. Oh, I, there's another one. A trillionth of a billionth of a second or a decimal point followed by 20 zeros and a one. Now, researchers had dipped into the realm of zeptoseconds in 2016. Yes. They reported in the journal The Nature Physics. They weren't ready to disclose it yet. 
using lasers. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. To measure time in increments down to 850 zeptoseconds. Wow. That's pretty that's fast. Pretty, uh, that's pretty impressive. I don't think we can even comprehend a zeptosecond. Uh, our brain takes so many milliseconds to respond. So if I could tell you within zeptoseconds, I don't know if you, we could respond like within the time. So if something was going to happen in six zeptoseconds, and I told you within one. I don't know if you could respond by the fifth step to second. <laughs> no, I'd still be stuck on what you said. <laughs> I was trying to process. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so I think we've had a good show, um, but we have another important point I want to talk to. So again, I think uh, I think uh, Crumb's thing tonight was really educational, and we really try to find you guests that are going to be not only educational, but are going to be the able to impart knowledge on you that we all want to learn more. I think being uh, a show host and being uh, the co-host, you know, I think you can agree with me, Marcus, that we always want to learn more, right? We can never know enough. Definitely can agree with you. Yeah. Now this next word, (laughs) this next word, I'm going to say it correctly. And again, I'm not cursing at you. I swear. It's called Fugaku. Okay. (laughs) F-U-G-A-K-U. Fugaku. It's a legitimate word. It's not a swear. Um, Supercomputer revealed that humidity has some positive effect in the aerosol dispiration. The results suggest that using a humidifier limits COVID-19 infections. How about that, Marcus? Mm, That's very intriguing. And, you know, it it seems like it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, but who the heck's going to pay attention to it? Oh man, either they too too busy uh, paying attention to when the vaccine's coming. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, that or using another drug that they think is solving things. But uh, yeah. the the uh, Fugaku's calculation speed was revealed as four hundred and sixteen quadrillion calculations per second, more than twice the speed of a supercomputer. Made in the United States that topped the ranking until last year. Mm. So this is Japan's Fugaku uh, that's bringing home the title. And the Japanese super is crowned the world's speediest. On June 22nd, 2020, the Fugaku, don't say that fast, Japan's new supercomputer at the Riken Center, in case you want to just drop by and visit it, uh, racing against China's U.S. reveals deals of 500 million. Getting that, guys? Super computer. That's cool. Yeah, so yeah. the question I bet you're asking is, how big is 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 the is the fug fug fugaku uh, supercomputer? That that's that's probably my biggest question. 
because you know it does all this great stuff. It's not that inexpensive. How big is it? Well, that's a great question. Uh, it runs on a monster of a chip. And the Super Reza has 158,976 of them. Did you get that number? Yeah, that's, that's a huge 158,976 of them. And it works out to more than seven, get this, ladies and gentlemen, core, CPU cores. It pulls, you better sit yourself down for this, <laughs> an astounding 28.3 watts of power. Wow. That's more than now the runner-up supercomputer of 10.1 megawatts of power. Talk about a lot of horsepower there. <laughs> so, yeah, I wonder who's paying the bill on that. Yes, that, that bill's got to be shot through the roof. Uh, it, it, it's it's, uh, it's, it's got to be something, but, you know, they probably lease out time on it. And I don't know if they're doing that, but I bet you could rent time on it. You know, if you want to rent time on that, uh, you know, rent time on the on the fuck. I'm, I'm sure they're probably going to allow that uh, because how else are they going to pay for this thing? Yeah. Or else he's just, you know, uh, it's just going to be sitting there at one point next uh, in the next couple of years. It won't be it'll be too expensive to run. You know what I think they developed this for? Now, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm speaking at a turn here, but I'm just guessing. Um. I think this was built for war. Mm. I think this was built to do all the calculations because guess what the fuck computer does? It's all AI. Wow. So yeah. guess what that means? Now you have cameras and stuff grabbing data from all over. It's very easy to do things with this kind of a computer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talking about talk about eyes and and ears everywhere now. Uh, yeah, you know, and now a super brain uh, that that definitely is thinking faster than what a human is. So, if I had to give you how big this is, it, it is pretty big. Um, exact square footage. I mean, it's big. I mean, it, it, the thing is, this it's not when you think of a computer, you think of one tower, like think of a data center. The best way I could define this to you, if, if you're familiar with a data center, uh, say there's about 20 rows, okay? And there's roughly probably about 60 columns. That's how big it is. That's huge. Does that give you an idea? And yeah. each one of those units, let's just ballpark it here because they don't have any measurements. I'm going to say is probably, if I had to guess, uh, trying to do some number crunching here to give it to you, but you could get the comprehension of this. Uh, I, I bet we're probably talking a rack well over, well over 100, 120 uh, rack spaces. That's a lot. Wow. Right? So yep. powering the world's fastest supercomputer is a milestone of an entire ecosystem. And now you're probably wondering, um, this whole thing, you know, it's a significant proof point of the innovation and the momentum technology, but it's all into a system that has the most efficiency cooling and it only runs when it needs to run when it needs to run. So mm -hmm. it kind of spins itself up and 
spins itself down when it doesn't need things. That's interesting. And uh, ARM is a technology that's a heart of the computing and data revolution, and that's what it's based off of. Their energy efficient processors design have enablement technology in more than 160, get this, billion chips, and the technology is now securely powered products from sensors to smartphones to supercomputers to you named it, IoT devices. So if you get one of those IoT devices and it's probably from this country, I bet you it's probably running off of the Riken system. Yeah, that's pretty scary, man. You know, um, you know when there's technology like this that exists out here, it's just it just seems like it just takes for them to just turn this thing on when they want to. And, and like you said, if they wanted to really, really wanted to go go to war with civilians, they could. Yeah, I mean, this isn't in the U.S. This is in there, and 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 guess, and I, you you probably want to know who built this for them, so we can go after them, right? Who do you think built this? <laughs> Um, you know, I don't, I don't have any, have any good guesses. So I'm going to say, it's one one of the, it's one of the leaders in the industry. It's one of the big names, you know, uh, but when you hear it, you're going to be like, shame on them. (laughs) (laughs) IBM. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's, that's, so you know what that tells me, don't you? That means that the technology they built, they're not loyal to the U S they'll sell out to the highest bidder. That's what that tells me, Marcus. Yeah, um, th- this is just very surprising. Yeah, but then again, we, we shouldn't be surprised because when 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 they're willing to ship jobs overseas, you know, I'm pretty sure you know the technology go right right along with them with the jobs. And you know, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's about the dollar, you know, and and I get that it's all about profit. I get that. Um, one thing you guys don't know about me is that when I was graduating college. I was offered a very lucrative position. I turned it down. I wanted to have my own company. But the reason I turned it down wasn't just that. They wanted me to develop the technology that goes into robots. And I said, okay, that's no big deal. And I just asked one question. That's all I asked. I said, what am I going to develop this for? Well, we can't tell you. Well, I'll be happy to do it for you as long as it's not part of a defense system. And guess what happened? Uh, I'm pretty sure they kicked you uh, kicked you out the door. They, they, they came right back and they said, well, um, it may not be a fit for you then. I said, the only way that I'll do it for you, because they said, oh, it's a lot more money. We'll offer you more money. I said, it doesn't matter how much money you offer me. The only way I will do this for you is if you guarantee me that the code that I create is never going to harm another human being. And you have to guarantee me that it's never going to harm the people on our side. You know what they couldn't do, Marcus? They couldn't give, they couldn't you that give me that guarantee. Yeah. What's that? They couldn't give you the guarantee at all. <laughs> they couldn't give me that guarantee. And that project, which I turned down, became an AI robot project that's out today and actually learns people's habits, and then it tracks them and kills them. Mm. So I just couldn't go to bed at night, ladies and gentlemen. Um, You know I'm very in with technology, but one thing I do have morals. 
and I won't design technology that's going to harm someone. So I always say to people, is the price worth it? I mean, money is always going to come. But if you just look at the money and it's not something that you feel good about, you're eventually going to leave that job, right? And you're going to feel terrible about yourself because you're doing something every day and you hate it. And eventually, it's going to get you fired because it's just your nature. But um, I think we as a world have a service, Marcus, to make sure the technology we use is not going to harm other people. And I think there's a lot of people out there that don't get that. Just like I talked about Internet of Things a while ago, that if we have Internet of Things and there's no policing on it, well, then who's responsible for it? Right. There's no IoT police, right? Right. So I I guess definitely a lot of stuff coming. But in closing, the one thing I want to share with you is we have some great guests coming up. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed our guest today. I know I did. Uh, and, uh, I, I feel that, um, I feel that, um, I feel that, um, you know, guests like this are really what inspire us to, you know, just learn more about ourselves and, you know, more about others. I think that's really, you know, the name of the game, but you know, next week, do you know what next week is? Next week is the election and, uh, November. <laughs> so. And it's, it's, can you believe it's November? It's November. Man, it it just speeds its way here. You know, came right at us. So we have a very interesting uh, guest coming up next week, just to give you a a little insight on this one. Another good, interesting guest. So our our guest is Dr. Pat Bullone. She's the author of a bestseller, Why Are You Sick? And um, she's going to talk to us about our body and the health team and just understanding the technology in our body. Uh, and I thought this is just really interesting. I've had a chance to talk to her. Uh, she's going to be an amazing guest. And just letting ourselves understand that sometimes the reason we're doing something is exactly the reason why we're sick. Right. So lo- lots of great, lots of great things coming up there. Anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Of course, if you did, please do uh, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your neighbors, um, tell the strangers you haven't met yet. <laughs> tell everybody uh, to tune into the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show because you know we're not just about technology and how to use a computer. That's what yesterday's technology shows are. And I think you can agree, Marcus, we're a lot more than how to use your computer, right? Absolutely. And there's one, one, pair, one surprise video. IPhone. There's one surprise video. One surprise video I want to pull up for you and uh and also to share with the audience, if you don't mind, John. Sure. Okay, got a surprise for you. Here it is. Okay. Congratulations, wow, Marcus. Uh, that is that is amazing. We've reached ten thousand viewers. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you all very much. Um, and uh, of course, Marcus, thank you very, very much. Uh, he always does a great job, and we're gonna continue to build and and grow. And our next milestone is we hope to start taking live calls, hopefully someday next year. 
uh, next year, meaning 2021, not like any year, uh, because we really want to get more of your interaction, um, you know, on the show. I think definitely we're getting a lot of good feedback, but we want to hear from you. If you have a product and you would like me to review it or do an unboxing on it, just go to jmor.com. Or if you'd like to be a guest on my show and understand that this is an educational show, we'll do a pre-interview with you first, see if you're a fit for our show, and we will invite you on our show. Coming up in November, we'll be talking about technology for truckers and what they're doing to actually keep them safe and things that truckers need to know because even applications like the Google apps are not friendly for truckers when you have 18 and 24 wheelers. So that'll be coming up sometime mid-November. So with all this, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you enjoy uh, the rest of your um, Halloween coming up. I believe that's tomorrow, uh, Saturday. Be safe, practice social distancing. Uh, if you're going around, you're having parties, you know, wear your mask. But realize, everyone, it's important and it's all up to you. It's not just one person. The last thing I'll tell you is this. I had a client. We still have them. The person was not taking this seriously. Called them the other day and said, how are you doing? I said, oh, John, I'm not doing so well. What's the matter? Oh, I'm home. What do you mean you're home? Oh, I got COVID. I'm here two weeks. Really? This person didn't want to wear a mask. Told me that masks were just for you and for all the people that want to believe in all that stuff. So it's not about believing in that stuff. It's not about being a first responder. It's about taking care of yourself and taking care of your body. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for watching. We're going to see you next Friday night right here at uh, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I thank you again, Marcus. Thank you for tuning in to the Jay Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 88811. That's IT support to 88811, and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Remember, jmor.com. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org.